Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAIF Ball podcast powered by AdCraft Custom Apparel and Merch, your custom apparel and merch expert since 1974. And uh, today we have, uh, you, you know, every coach is, is a joy to have on and, and it's a privilege to, to talk to every one of them. But I, I love when we get to this point of the season, when we're in late April, early May, and we start to get into your national runners-up and your national champs. That's always that's always a whole lot of fun. And tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, we have Coach Sosha from Kaiser University. Coach, how you doing? I'm great, man. I appreciate you uh, having us on and uh, look forward to visiting with you here for a little while. Well, Coach, usually uh, when, we, when we chat and have chatted in years past, um, it's, it's been high, uh, you know, the temperatures have been highly authentic for me to wear my, my, my Kaiser jacket today. I had to crank the air conditioner way the heck down in order to, to make the Kaiser jacket work. Um, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, there, there is a Weber shirt underneath here. I at least had to keep it in conference. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's all right. I mean, we, we appreciate you, uh, repping us and, uh, look forward to talking to you here, man. Honestly, this is my favorite jacket. I, I wear it dang near every day. Um, there you go. We've got, we got some more coming for you then, man. Heck yeah. So, Coach, it was a highly successful season to uh, put it mildly for, for Kaiser. Um, you know, I, I remember back to September and, you know, that, that post-game chat that you had with your team after... Uh, that that loss to Valdosta State, who you're playing again, which I really like because that means I can get up to see y'all again. Um, and and y'all had talked about being a championship ball club. Was it by that point, or was it somewhere along the way that you realized, huh? You know what? We actually really could make a really deep run. You know, I think we. I think we felt like we had a really good, talented group of guys in our locker room. And, and I just think it took some time for us to figure out exactly what our identity was going to be. But so I wouldn't say, you know, obviously that outcome wasn't what we wanted it to be. We, we, we competed, we gave ourselves a chance, but then we didn't give ourselves a chance in other parts of it. And, you know, and then if you fast forward a couple more weeks, you know, I would have really kind of questioned what was going on because we absolutely did not show up to Mississippi college. And then, you know, we went up to Lindenwood and just did not have a good showing. So um, I think those were some of the forming moments of what our locker room was going to really become. And we were going through a lot of adversity at that time. What was the temperature of the team like, especially after that Lindenwood game? Was it, uh, were you hardening kind of like an egg in boiling water or, or did you really have to rally the troops and, and keep the morale up? 
you know, I think anytime you, you go through a, a time like we did, you know, we lost three in a row. We lost to Valdosta. We lost to Mississippi College and we lost to Lindenwood. In our, and we were one and four at the time. And, you know, I think at, at any point, I'm certain there were there were some doubts and some questioning, but there was so much evidence of how close we were. And we just kept preaching, you know, look at this. If you just step in this direction, you know, correctly, or if you just, you know, use this technique correctly. Um, and even from a coaching staff, if, if we could, you know, we took a self inventory of how we were coaching our football team. So I think, you know, looking back at it, you know, we just kept preaching, Hey, we're just going to keep showing up to work. We've got a good football team here. Um, our record is just no indication of what we are, but that's what we are at this moment. So we just had to stay humble. And I think our football team really bought into that. And I think our team just had great character. Um, and in the end, they really proved me and they proved our coaching staff right. Cause we felt we had a really good team. You know, certainly I'm, I'm sure people in the outside, which means nothing to us, you know, started, you know, wondering and doubting, you know, what were they doing scheduling these teams? But, you know, we had a, a method to our, our thought process and, and what we wanted to get done. To be fair, and I, I understand that the that the Raiders and, and therefore the coaches have a have a system that they have to follow. But I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to sit here and tell you that at one in three, uh even after that bye week, after after Lindenwood, we never had Jenny lower than fifteenth. Uh, we 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 had not yet given up. Um, so and, and and like I said, there's there's constraints to how the coaches have to to do things, and so I understand dropping a team out of a poll at one and three, but you know, I can still say that with a smile on my face. I appreciate that. And, you know, we, we have had conversations and, and I think since then we've had a conversation at the national convention about, you know, we don't really have a formula in place on, on how you really, you know, judge a, a, a sun division team versus a Gulf South conference team, Valdosta or a Lindenwood team that just went to FCS with significantly more scholarships. And I just think that, you know, we probably opened some people's eyes in terms of, Hey, you better, you know, you know, realize that, you know, these teams that are taking on these, you know, it, it shouldn't hurt them as much as it did. And, and you know, you look at certain other teams and, and Concordia at one point, I think, played an FCS team and maybe a Division II team. And I tried to stay consistent with, I did not hurt anybody significantly if they lost to a team that's above. Because I think all the coaches, especially the Raiders, should know the difference between a Division II scholarship model and an NAI scholarship model. And certainly, an FCS 63 scholarship model, the non-scholarship, there's a little bit of a gray area with that when you see some of these other teams that are FCS non-scholarship. But, you know, I think, you know, we really probably opened some people's eyes to that. And we've had discussions and conversations. And I think, you know, there's a lot of respect. And and I certainly have a lot of respect for the teams that choose to play those teams uh, above them. That's that's been a, a huge talking point over this off season, and I've I've had multiple coaches mention it that uh, the way that NCAA games are rated um, and and are taken into account, um, you know, to y'all's credit, because of what y'all did in the in in the playoffs and the road that you had to hoe, and the fact that you hoed it with with ease, 
um, you know, has, has, has really opened the eyes. Um, do you think that other information, maybe like, um, you know, SP plus ESPN and, um, and, and that kind of, uh, efficiency modeling, uh, do you think that information could be helpful to the coaches to try to assimilate information across different levels as, as, uh, like I said, SP plus now has all four levels rated out? Yeah. I think there's, there's gotta be a system in place or a system put in place. Um, but I also think that if you're a Raider, you have a massive responsibility to understand what is going on. And I think when I became a Raider, I probably didn't understand the, the responsibility that I had as a Raider. And then as I looked at it, and I've got guys on my staff that we keep a Google Drive and we monitor every conference. And, and I, before I rank, I talk to my staff and I look at all the data of who played who, you know, what, you know, their, their strength of schedule. And, you know, there's these arc meetings and I learned a lot from being on the arc committee and, and looking at strength of schedule. And, you know, I think there's just a lot of responsibility as a Raider to understand that, you know, there's a difference between Kaiser university and Valdosta from a, from a scholarship model and a, and a, um, you know, just even a tuition rate, you know, and, and, and the, their roster models and tradition, you know, the, you know, a school like that's, that's, that's title town. I mean, you know, we've been on the earth for five years, you know, they've been on, they've won five national titles at least. So th those types of things. But I think as a Raider, you have to have, um, you know, the utmost respect for having that position as a Raider. And, and I, and I think the Raiders, you know, we learned a lot this year, you know, in, in looking at it and, um, in all the, of our conversations. And we had an end of the year meeting um, at the national convention, I think that was really good for us. So going through the rest of the schedule, I mean, it's, you're, you're basically, you have two close games for the, for effectively the rest of the year. The, the 36, 31 game against St. Thomas, which to be fair, it's beautiful, beautiful game. Um, two teams that love to run the football, albeit in, in slightly different ways. Um, you know, and, and both went off on the running game too. Burgess went for a buck 75 or Ontavious Farmer went for a buck 89. Um, you know, no one really had a huge turnover advantage in that game that I can remember. Both throw, both of you throw two picks. Uh, let me make sure. Yeah, none of you fumbled the football. So it's just a really, really tight game played very evenly between the two of you. And then Ave Maria, who no one believes me when I say that Ave Maria is uh, can give people fits. But here we are. I guess it's the, the camo helmets. The people can't see them coming. Um, but talk about the rest of that, that Sun Conference slate and, and getting through and, and managing after three obviously difficult games and, and getting your, getting your confidence back there. Yeah, I think it was a matter of, you know, we went through that and then we had a bye week and we were able to have really good practices. And, and that's probably when I started realizing, Hey, this team really has solid character and they're going to show up to work. And, 
you know, we just need to go out and, and get back on the winning side of this thing and, and, and play more consistently, execute a higher level, but keep showing these guys evidence of the good and bad. And, you know, that, that St. Thomas game was, was a special game just because, you know, we were down, we overcame a deficit. Um, that game was just explosive play after explosive play. If you take away one of their long runs, their back goes for under a hundred yards. I think if you take away our backs, one long run, he's under a hundred yards. So there were some errors there probably on the defensive side for both of us. Um, but it was a hard fought game. There was a little bit of weather. Um, and you know, we were just able to just keep battling in that game and, and, and found a way to win. And, and I think that's the character of our team and program. And then Avi Maria, they're so well coached. Uh, they will challenge, you know, the, you know, they'll challenge anybody in the country and, and, you know, certain days they, they show up and, uh, they're, they're really well coached. I have a lot of respect for what they do there and um, they're a good football team and, you know, able to get through the rest of our schedule. But I just felt like our team kept improving on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. And we had some adversity that we dealt with. Certainly that there are certain pivotal points that I can look back, you know, the St. Thomas game and some explosive plays that we had to create um, a kickoff return that put us in position to win it at the end, a, a long run, you know, that we, we are able to get to win the game. And then, you know, a fourth down stop against Ave, another turnover that we created against Ave. Um, there are critical po points in the season that I look back and say, yeah, this team really had great character and because it could have bounced a whole nother direction. And all of a sudden we, we may not even made the playoffs just by the, the hole that we had put ourselves in with the rankings and, you know, to just keep getting better and keep getting better and, you know, we got through the rest of our schedule and then, you know, we got the bid and, and, and we went on the road and got to the playoffs and then went on a good run. And, and I'll be honest with you. I was, I was keeping up with that um, Bethel game, that first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, obviously I wasn't going to, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a cheapskate. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay for Bethel stream if I can listen to it on the, uh, on, on a, radio broadcast um i'm i'm on record it's on youtube somewhere in the in the depths of our our uh playlists of me going on on a live uh watch along going oh guys i don't know that kaiser can come back from this one this is uh you, you know they're 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 not exactly the the, the score extremely fast on a consistent basis kind of team oh i was i was wrong I was very wrong. 20 points in the fourth quarter proves me very wrong. Um, what I really want to focus in on, though, is, is that Morningside game going in. And, and obviously, Morningside doesn't have Dolinchek in that game, but you don't have Shea Spencer. Um, you know, coming coming out of that, especially for, for next season where we're – Shea get, does get hurt in the national championship game, and it's something that uh, he may or may not be able to be 100% for by the start of the season. How much, what, what does that playoff experience do for a guy like Bryce Veasley? Well, I think it does a lot for the whole program, and, and, and it speaks volumes. And I tell, I've told our team this whole spring, hey, we have a new team. This 2023 team that we have, is going to be new. There are a lot of faces coming back. We're only going to reflect 
on how good and, and, and special that 2022 team is that we can learn from. And, you know, you look at that Bethel game, like you said, and that thing's just about over at the end of the third quarter, it's 17, seven, we're not doing anything on offense. Our defense is keeping us in the game. They go on a drive down to the four yard line. Next thing you know, we get a turnover on downs and then we go on a 96 yard drive. Tons of character there. The rest is history. 20 points in that quarter. We go to Morningside, play the number one team in the country. And, and I look up and it's the end of the first quarter. It's 21 to three and we're down. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> in shock. Like this thing's about to get out of control. And again, the character of our team, the calmness of our team, the poise, you know, finds a way to get a stop. Shea goes down, you know, Beasley comes out, you know, and runs the offense and we start chipping away and coming back. And it was a really good battle. They're obviously the number one team for, for a reason at that time. And, and, and we were able to just keep battling and, and, and our team just never lost any faith in itself uh, the quarterback, there was no lost faith that that uh, Shea was out. You know, there was a moment in that game where where Jalen Arnold went down, and then he was able to come back, and and he was able to help us turn that game around with a big seventy yard catch. You know, to, to seal it, and then uh, just a character win for our team, and you know, just the belief in that locker room was so special. They were not, you know, things had to bounce our way. We had to get the right stops. Their quarterback was out. Our quarterback was out. Each team was just trying to figure out how to, to win the game. And, and we just were able to have enough time in that game to get it done. But again, for me, it goes back to our paths that we have came down with the character. So I always tell our team about we're going to reflect on the character, the resiliency, the toughness, and just their mindset um, and belief in each other and the brotherhood in that locker room. It's definitely uh, a good takeaway there. You do start really fast in this upcoming season, um, or you're gonna have to. Your your first three games are gonna be doozies. You you host Mississippi College, and then you've got back to back games, albeit with a with a bye week, I believe, in the middle of of that. No, I just can't add. Yeah, no, I just can't add. Uh, of Lindsey Wilson and and Valdosta State uh, before getting into the the meat of your your Sun Conference roster <laughs> hosting um you know new team Thomas University who I will point out certain certain uh, other football teams have not yet beaten Thomas University so just gonna just gonna stick that out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk to me, about uh, talk to me about starting fast next year. Yeah, you know, again, I think it's got to come down to a changed mindset. You know, and, and we went into last year with with this thought that we can be a certain thing. And, um, you know, we get hit in the face, you know, uncertainty going to Valdosta, compete, don't show up at. Mississippi College, in my opinion, good football team, great, you know, disciplined football team. We just didn't give ourselves a chance to even challenge them. And then Lindenwood, again, I don't think we showed up with the right, you know, frame of mind. And they're good. And they're definitely, you know, they just have more players than us. And But we just didn't show up to give ourselves a chance. So our mindset has got to change, you know, from 
from here on out. And, and really, it's already changed in terms of our approach to those games and, and the importance of coming out and, you know, having a certain mindset, having a certain expectation. Um, you know, I put it on our team and I put it on our leaders that there's a massive responsibility of, of focus and, and development here. And, and we're all about having a great spring, which we just finished up. We've got a newcomer Zoom later tonight with all of our signees. And then, you know, we're about to enter into like halftime of our offseason. And then we're going into summer. And the summer is going to be critical, you know, of our development, our mindset. And um, guys are going to have to really help lead that. And um, But certainly, yeah, that's what we signed up for. We want Mississippi College to come to us. We're fired up to go back to Valdosta State and, and, and fired up to go on the road to go play a top team in Lindsey Wilson and go to a place that we've never even competed when we've been in that stadium. So let's talk about your team and who you've got coming back in, in 2023. Um, you do have two returning all-conference offensive linemen in Scarlett Jean and Salalologo. Um, you know, you're, you're returning Jaden Meisinger at the running back position and a whole host of guys that were not the main focus of the offense in, in 2023 or in 2022, rather. Um, talk to me about uh, n- missing as little of a beat as, as possible with uh, some new pieces in the mix. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a lot of guys that are coming back that have experience, but certainly there's going to be some new guys scoring touchdowns and different you know faces that we've heard for so long with Burgess and Jalen Arnold and some of those guys. And um, But... You know, Jaden Meisinger is, is an all-conference type player. He's, he, you know, he's a thousand yard back. He can carry the workload. There'll be some other guys behind him that are going to have to step up because it can't be a one-man show. Um, you know, obviously our quarterback position. Um, you know, we've got some good competition there. We got Bryce Beasley coming back. Uh, Justin Wake is coming back. Shea Spencer, obviously coming off of an injury. We'll see how that shakes out. And, and there's some others that are going to probably, you know, show show up as well. And then, you know, the offensive line really excited about, you know, Sala coming back and Scarly and Iggy uh, Alvera from Gainesville, Georgia, and Chris Wennard. And there's a handful of guys there on the line of scrimmage that are going to be back. And, uh, but there will be some new faces, you know, the tight end position is going to look a little bit different and, you know, got Hunter Vanderpool, who's, you know, more of a workhorse fullback H back type guy, Deandre Golden, uh, Aaron Fudge. Um, There'll be a new face, there, but uh, you know, the, this spring was really focused on you know the fundamentals and the install, and, and really the challenge was figuring out who those playmakers are going to be. And you know, at, at the wide receiver position, you know, Mikey Robinson made a lot of plays for us at the end. He's gone. Uh, Miles Henderson is gone, and you know, but there's guys like John Santos, Seth Roll uh, that are back, and, and there's others that I know that are going to step up and stepped up there in the spring. So, you know, certainly it's going to be a, a different cast of, of names probably scoring majority of the touchdowns. Um, but for the most part, you know, we, sh- we hope not to skip a beat. We've had a great um, start to this offseason. Spring football was really good and, and, you know, continue into summer. Defensively, it's, it's kind of, you, you do return some really nice talent. You have three all-sun uh, picks that are returning on defense, which are Tavis Black, Jalen Willis, and Wendell Feelord. Uh, the one thing I do notice when I'm looking up and down uh, the stats 
from 2022 is that Black is one of the few defensive linemen that wasn't a senior um, last year. And so you've got a lot of rebuilding to do on what was a loaded defensive line from last year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but you got the all-conference players coming back on all three levels. JT Black will lead that defensive line. Jay Will in the middle of the defense, and then Wendell Feelord. But, you know, rebuilding the D-line has been a uh, focus of uh, for us in the offseason. And certainly there are some guys that have been waiting their turn. Um, so we had a really productive spring. And, and offensively, we had a really tough time at time moving the football because there are some big bodies. Um, but, we you know, we feel like there's going to be some youth. There's going to be, you know, some new guys coming in that are going to have to step up. Certainly, you know, the, the continuity that we had at that position is not there anymore. And coach Hiller is going to have his hands full coaching him up, but he's ready for that task and uh, looking forward to that. And, but there are on the back end, there's a lot of guys that have been in our system now going into the second spring and we are ahead and, you know, we should have great leadership and, you know, expect to be on the championship level playing defense. And if Sage got hurt really early, did he get a, a medical red shirt or has he moved on? He's going to move on. Yeah. He's going to move on. He did a pro day and, uh, you know, he's still rehabbing his ACL and, you know, he's going to move on to whatever's next for him, but uh, he'll be missed. But oh, certainly when, when he went down, it gave, a, you know, some other guys an opportunity to develop. You know, you look at guys like Trey Lubin and, and Daryl Livingston and Kensley Johnson. There's guys that have played a lot of football that are all going to be back in addition to Wendell Feedlord. I had noticed that in the stats, and I went, I, I see what's going on there. And, and yeah, you know, you are going to miss uh, Sage Chen Young. I mean, we've been watching him since his daggum freshman year. Um, you know, not only in the uh, defensive uh, secondary at, at safety, really helping out there, but but as a as a returner, uh, he was electric, and and I think Felor did a did a nice job stepping in there at uh, returner and garnered an all all conference nod for it. So I don't think you're going to miss a beat there either. Um, so one of the things that I'm I'm looking at and and. Uh, noticing as you know things shift a little bit in uh, around the NAI is uh, this the Sun Conference is still a little on the short side as compared to some of these other uh, other conferences. How do how do we get from a from a high level the the Sun Conference really developed into the powerhouse? You know, obviously it should be. You're recruiting. Uh, Florida, Georgia, really fertile recruiting grounds. How, how, does, how does that really uh, start to enrich the NAI with, with more teams uh, picking up football? Yeah, I mean, I think that what you're going to see, and I think we saw it last year, you know, St. Thomas has gone out there and, you know, they, they beat St. X. And, and all of a sudden, you know, St. X is ranked like five or seven spots ahead of St. Thomas. And, and, but I, but I think people took notice to that because those were conversations that we had and then they played Butler and, um, you know, so I think St. Thomas is doing that again this year. And, and I think they're a really good football team and program on the rise and, 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 you know, uh, and Southeastern has a lot of tradition and I think now they're going to have a great stability with coach wall and they've got a great facility. I think that they're going to be really good, you know, and, and there's Ave Maria can beat anybody on any given day. But when those dudes show up, they are really, you know, tough because they're well coached and they're they're tenacious, um, you know. And then I think there's other teams. Florida Memorial is very talented. Uh, 
Weber is drastically improved, in my opinion, over the several years. Um, you know, and Warner's working really hard, and Thomas is new. So I think in the South, we're, we're going to have to work to get a second team in the playoffs. Um, and I think we'll see that very soon. Um, but, you know, I think us playing up Valdosta, you know, Lindsey Wilson's top five team, um, Mississippi College is a D2 team, St. Thomas is playing up. I know that Southeastern is going to play Reinhardt. Southeastern is probably going to play another D2 team. So we're challenging ourselves here down in the South. And then I think on these rating calls, we, we just got to continue to, you know, you know, write the and, and tell them the narrative of what is really happening down here and who we're playing. And, um, you know, I think some of those teams in the, in the Midwest or out West, you know, should realize how strong the South is. And, and, you know, I think that uh, there's going to be another team coming to be honest with you. And, and, and we're all going to be fighting down here to get ourselves in the playoffs, but I'm hoping that we get two teams. Yeah. And it, it will probably be sooner rather than later. Um, especially with that, um, 20 team, playoff now being a, a reality um trying to look yeah st thomas is uh going a little bit of a crazy route um as well i uh not going to question their 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 methods over there they seem to have worked so far but they uh they've scheduled carol and that's a that's a toughie over there as as well you've got um southeastern scheduling savannah state um, you know, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I would love to see a team like, um, a mobile, uh, pick up, pick up football and, and, and go, I think that would fit really well in that kind of, um, Gulf coast area, um, you know, that the sun has really turned into, um, and I look forward to it because I mean everything the Sun Conference does it seems to do well. I mean whether it's baseball or or basketball, no nobody really wants to do poorly in the Sun Conference. I mean it's uh, there's a lot of pride in in this conference. Absolutely. So, coach, you know good and well that if you're not improving, if you're not continually striving to get better, that we're we're going to fall behind. Um, in all areas of, of life, it's just a, a fact of life. So what area of your program, whether it be an on the field area or an off the field area, are y'all really focusing on in 2023? Well, I think, you know, taking on the responsibility of, you know, you know, with the expectation and standard being really, really high, you know, and, and we're really trying to streamline our whole process of how we develop, but I want our guys to compete in every aspect of their life. And, and I want to do things better than we've ever done them. You know, we're having a zoom call tonight with our newcomers that we signed. Uh, I want to have the best summer we've ever had. I want to have the best training camp we've ever had. I want to do better things for our players in terms of nutrition in the summer, nutrition during training camp. Um, and then our focus and just how we're teaching this football team, you know, to get us to that next step. So our mindset, um, you know, I, I'm certain there'll be some things, in-house that we're going to try to enhance that are going to make maybe our locker room look a little bit better or our stadium look a little better or a game day atmosphere look a little bit better or buying cameras. Um, but really I, I love the thought of just how can we get people in our building to look at things just a little bit differently and, and striving to be their best in everything that they're doing. 
And, 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 and I've talked to Bryce Beasley about this the other day. And, and, and he said all those little habits, you know, in his life from waking up and making his bed and, and being five minutes early to class and, and, and all those things are going to carry over into his approach in the quarterback meeting, into his approach in individual, you know, quarterback drills to team periods and then to game day on Saturday. So it really challenges football team to be their best. And, and we're trying to do things better than we ever have because we want more than what we've done. Well, Coach, I, I know I, I'm excited. We, we talked before we went on um, with, with y'all coming up to, to Valdosta. Um, I'm certain to make a trip up, up there and um, can't wait to see what, uh, what the Sun Conference and, and Kaiser has, has to offer. And I know uh, by, by virtue of me doing more work with, with Thomas that I'll be able to see more Sun Conference football than ever before. That's great, man. And we appreciate everything that you do. The efforts that you've put into this thing is, is so, I have so massive respect for you guys and the following that you've built and what you're trying to do for this level of football is just trying to get this thing to the next level. And, and you guys are on your way to doing that. So we appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.